back of Inge Britson is going to do in the 1500. He has time to look behind him. 20 years of age, and he is on top of the world. But coming down for a maiden national crown, Cornwall is a champion. Garouge has run his race, or has he? Has he got anything left? El Garouge trying to get there. Kipchoge the junior's there. El Garouge is trying to get to the line. Kenya wins it. Kipchoge takes Vivian Chariot's turn. And what a proud moment for her and the Kenyans. The first woman from her nation to take the 5,000 metre title. Vivian Chariot in Greenland. On the outside, Oli Hall of Australia comes. Jake Whiteman has just spent. It's going to be Chariot and Hall who's going to get it. It's going to be Australia, the gold. So, ladies and gentlemen, our guest today has an incredible start to a 2022-2023 season, winning her first Open national title, the Women's 10,000 Meter Championships at the Zadapec 10 in December. And over the weekend, she's qualified for the 2023 World Cross Country Championships, placing second in the cross country trials, Rose Davies. The World Cross Country Championships will be held at Mount Panorama in Bathurst, New South Wales on February 18th this year. She also won the largest fun run in the world in 2022, the Sea of the Surf, as well as being an incredibly talented feel in the Bernie 10 in Tasmania in October last year. With highly impressive personal bests of 9.06 for the 3K, 15.25 for the 5K, 31.43 for the 10K, and 71.47 for the half marathon, I'd like to welcome Leanne Pompiani. Hello. Thanks for having me. Leanne, it's some CV and it's been built in quite incredibly, all those things I just mentioned in the last nine months. Did you think in July last year, I'd be reading out those achievements? <laughs> um, July last year, oh, it was there as a, you know, hopeful, but <laughs> nothing is certain. Um, but I, I'm so glad that this is how it's been, um, you know, my progress and how it's tracking and that things are finally starting to click. It was an amazing run uh, yesterday. So I guess, well, firstly, a massive congratulations. You've made your second uh, senior team for Australia. Yep. For the World <laughs> you ran in Aarhus and Denmark in, in 2019. It's, it's quite extraordinary. It's been four years since the last one um, for obvious reasons. Um, you yeah. also made it, uh, the team as a junior in 2015 at just 18. I didn't realize that. So I did a bit of research. Um, so I, we'll, we'll talk about the race on the weekend first. Um, it, it, was, it was pretty early on that a breakaway pack of four. It was yourself, uh, Holly Campbell, so from New South Wales, um, Caitlin Adams and Rose Davies, who did a lot of the work on the front. It seemed that you four sort of broke away fairly early on and it was just a tussle for that, that first six or seven K. You want to just talk us through, I guess, the, the first half or first two thirds of the race? Yeah, it was it's hard to know who was going to be there and early on I mean so many names were being thrown into into the mix so I think it really could have been you know from first to tenth place it really could have been anyone and the positions were sort of changing like you see like looking around you had so many names still there like Georgia Hansen um like Ellie Pashley was there you know um and different people took the lead at different times. So it was sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of second guessing yourself, thinking, oh, are these ladies feeling, you know, so much better than I am? I don't know, you know, am I going to pop later? Are they going to pop later? I mean, that's just overthinking it during a race. But <laughs> um, I think it was just 
didn't feel too bad through 5k and I think Rose was obviously thinking the same um and then can't actually remember when she put in the little surge but it just felt like a little bit too much effort for me to go with it um once she put in the surge I think the gap didn't really change between us and even from myself to Caitlin once we sort of spread out um and now that I think back you know, maybe I should have just tried to go with her and then if I was if I did that then we could have been closer for more of the race but um yeah that's just how it went it just felt like that little extra effort to close the gap was <laughs> gonna cook me but <laughs> nah but but coming in through second was um, I'm happy with that it, it, it's interesting because there was three automatic spots uh so Rose yourself and, and Kaylin are those automatic three spots mm. uh with Izzy Bat Doyle also from South Australia Caitlin's teammate Holly Campbell and Ellie Pashley as you mentioned uh mm. waiting for hopefully one of those discretionary spots uh for themselves with Australia but able to take six for both the open and uh open men and open women's 10k um in that scenario where you're in the top four knowing that there's three automatic spots is is the mindset particularly when Rose put in that burst around about the 7k mark if I make top three I'm in or are you still thinking no I want to win this race um it's a bit of both I mean some people sort of suggested to me that they're like oh you must have just been happy to come through second and I thought no that was that was very tough if I you know if I could have won I would have I think (laughs) so yeah it was a tough race but definitely just top three secure that was the main goal yeah yeah fantastic uh and again a big congratulations uh, uh, another australian singlet um is is an extraordinary effort uh you had an interview with athletics australia um about a week before the race really well written um, they did a great job and i think they gave you some very well-deserved limelight um, <laughs> because I think that you've, you have gone under the radar um, for a long time, at least at, at a national level. Do you think that um, the Zadipek 10 victory, the, the national 10,000 meter championships in December really sort of got you sort of more on that back page of, of distance running in Australia? Um, I think so. Yeah. And like uh, you're reading at my PBs earlier and they're all due to be, uh, you know, rewritten. Um, it's just going to be finding races now. Um, so in, in terms of track racing, you know, I've generally in the past been injured when it comes around to, you know, track races. Obviously, there are a lot more opportunities to race on the roads. Um, uh, yeah, and I think Zadapec was the race that sort of really changed it. I think the races throughout the year though have sort of been leading up to sort of being noticed if that if that sort of makes sense um you know like I was really happy with Sydney to surf I was really happy with um with Bernie um yeah so I, I don't think it should have come as too much of a surprise but yeah yeah absolutely and I guess with with that in mind as well you know we've had the the Tokyo Olympics when Australia was in lockdown, uh, we just had some uh, sensational results, particularly at the Commonwealth Games um, and, and the World Championships again. You know, you, 
think about the names, Jessica Hull, Lyndon Hall, Abby mm. Corpus, Stewie McSwain, Ollie Hall, Peter Ball. Like it kind of feels like there has been a big emphasis on um, distance track running, maybe outside the road up until Sinead and Brett both broke those Australian marathon records on the same day. Do, do you kind of feel that the roads, like, yes, Cedar Surf is a big deal, but maybe, yeah, aren't, aren't as much of a focus as, as the track? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the thing. It's either, I mean, I, you know, you have to make the teams. You want to be, you know, you want to go to Commonwealth Games. You want to go to World Champs. You want to go to the Olympics. They're sort of the things that, that matter unless it's, like, you know, 10K road races, they're great, but they don't really mean as much as doing the marathon and, you know, or competing in 10,000, 5,000 at the Olympics. So I think the next step would be making the team now for, you know, 10,000 metres on the track or, you know, eventually as, as we're planning the marathon. But, um, but in terms of city to surf, I think with something like that, it's sort of, it's more, for me, it was more looking at, look who's won it in the past, look at the times they've run and the fact that I was up there, I was pretty proud of that, you know, all the names like, like Susie Power that has the, the record for City to Surf. Um, yeah, so it's just sort of looking at who else has done those races on the roads and thinking, well, look what they've achieved. So, yeah. And, and, and it's exactly the same honour all of, very close to for the Bernie 10 as well. As you mentioned, Susie Powell mm. won it. Um, Lisa Waitman's won it. Eloise Wellings has won it. Krishna Stanton has won it. Like mm. it's, it's the who's who of, of Australian mm. distance running in the women's category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what, yeah, that's what makes me feel confident that if I'm doing these on the roads where, yeah, like road racing is fine. I'd probably prefer it over track, but, <laughs> but that's sort of not, um, I think the next step will be making the team on the track and and so we'll, we'll skip forwards from world champs as well uh, world cross country champs we'll, we'll come back to that in a big way yeah and that, is, is that is that the goal the the, the five or the ten thousand or you lean towards the ten thousand for um the Budapest world champs in in august um i think well I, i'd go for either if you know whatever sort of presents itself but i think the ten thousand potentially i'll be a little bit stronger in um but yeah both I really want to work on in the next coming, in the few, you know, the months coming up. Just um, for people listening, those automatic qualifiers are pretty extraordinary. 14.57 for the 5,000 <laughs> um, and 30.40 for the 10,000 metres. Uh, I don't believe the Australian record is miles under that. It might be 30.37. It, it's not. I think hard. so. I think it's only three <laughs> seconds quicker. Um that's that's for heart. So again, I, this gets talked about a lot as well. Half of the people who are making the team, or half the people going to the world champs, are actually achieving the times. The other half are getting through on points. Um, and yep. there is a, a big meet that Athletics Australia just announced, the Murray Plant meet, um, which has the, the three thousand meters. I think there might be whispers of possibly something a little bit longer going on as well. Um, in terms of those points races, they're going to be re really critical for you as well as the times. Mm. Are those events like the Mori Plant meet? And I think you mentioned in previous interviews going overseas to chase mm. those qualifiers. Is that is that sort of the, the goal after World Cross? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, 30-40 is very tough. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, you want to be um, ambitious, but <laughs> I think if I'm going to be making it, it'll be, yeah, chasing the points. It'll be finding the meets that 
a plan to run fast. Um, and this is where, you know, I, I'm fairly new to this, uh, this scene of sort of uh, slightly higher level of running. So, you know, I'm taking all the assistance I can get from people that have been there and um, are willing to help out. Um, so, yeah, it'll be um, – I'm very interested in the, um, the Melbourne meet, the Mori Plant meet. Um, obviously, it's not long after World Cross, but I think if you can do the race um, and just recover from uh, between then and Melbourne, um, I should be okay. I mean, my 3K PB isn't anything outstanding, so I'd like to rewrite that. <laughs> um, and it's – yeah, it, it, there's a lot on the line for that, for that meet. With and, – and, in the Mori plant, maybe because you know it's got a lot of um, a lot of attention because of the, the Frank Curley and Ryan Browning match up, which mm. of course is is a huge deal for yeah. I guess the, the average um, sports follower in Australia. You, you sort of know, oh yeah, that guy with the mullet who I saw at the Olympics win mm. the race. Um, but I guess outside that, from from an athlete's perspective, what does that Continental Tour gold meet uh, on home soil actually mean? You know, the two hundred thousand dollar prize pool, those gold tour points, and and not having to chase them halfway across the world at least this early in the season. I mean, I you know, I don't know a lot how it works, but <laughs> but I know being you know a gold standard meet and for it to be so close to home, um, not having to travel. I know it's, yeah, like I said, it's not long after World Cross, but I think it, it, it's too big of an opportunity to pass up. <laughs> so um, I think, yeah, anyone that can, and hopefully, you know, the plan is that some athletes that are racing um, World Cross will hang around. Yeah, I, th I think that's the that's the idea as well, particularly yeah. if something <laughs> does go on the program. Um, yeah. <laughs> going a 10K half marathons, marathons. So, yeah, well, yeah. what's this space? Um, mm. The exciting one. Uh, I just wanted to, to jump back, I guess, to, to how you start um, to get into running. And uh, there was a really good uh, article in the Canberra Times, uh, which I found out that you're a very elite junior uh, soccer player or football player, whatever you decide mm -hmm. to call it. Um, and you were playing for Canberra FC, had hopes of playing in the, the W League. Um, do you want to just talk us through, I guess, that that uh, your career as a junior soccer player, but also that, that transition, what it looked like, how hard that decision was and how your current coach, Des Proctor, um, played mm. that decision-making as well. Yeah, so, yeah, football, soccer was um, my first sort of major sport. Started at four years old. Um, always sporty, like most runners were in a lot of sports. Um, like did little athletics every summer, but that was more just a summer sport <laughs> um and it's sort of I, so my so des was my high school pe teacher um and obviously i would like to do i would do school cross country um and do okay just natural talents there um des tried to convince me to come to his running group um but soccer was obviously uh, my major sport and I was I was really looking to play in the W League I was starting with started training a bit with Canberra United um, I was with ACTAS so uh, ACT Academy of Sport for soccer um, for a couple of years and that's sort of what got me uh, in the in the mindset of elite sport because um, that's where I learned to you know lift weights at the gym um, yeah, in a more of an elite, elite setting. And I think that's where I really realised that 
whatever sport I do, <laughs> I want to do it at an elite level because I like that, um, I don't know, discipline, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then as time went on, I, I can't really remember. I think I got um, a soccer-related injury. I think it might have been a hip label tear or something. And um, soccer kind of, um, I had to take a bit of time off training for soccer. I was still always chucking in some in the week just because I, I don't know, that's just what I did. Um, and I think I made the ACT team uh, when I was 18 for uh, national cross in Albany. Um, and Des was telling me, if you come and come at least try train with me up until nationals. And after that, see, you know, see if, if you want to stay. And um, during that period, I was, you know, starting to skip soccer training sessions and <laughs> go to running instead. And then can't really do both. Um, and then just, um, yeah, the running took over and I ended up coming second at that nationals. And then it was a big decision to leave soccer. I never thought I would leave soccer, but um, I did. And I'm, I'm glad I did. <laughs> it's, it's quite extraordinary that you were playing two sports up until that age. It reminds me actually a lot of Benita Willis, uh, who is a incredibly talented uh, hockey player as well. I think she made the transition around about 19, 20 years old. So it's quite similar in terms of the story. You may end up having very similar careers as well. Um, <laughs> you, it's, did you feel like that? really late transition almost or well, after school may, may, meant that you, you kind of came into it fairly fresh. You mentioned you did a little bit of little athletics, but you, you came into the sport fresh after school. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's so many ways to do it and, and make it to the top, but I think I do like the idea of just do whatever sports you want to do young and, um, many as you can um you know include little athletics so i think because obviously when you do athletics you're doing throws you're doing jumps you're doing sprints you're doing <laughs> um and i do think yeah coming in late is one way that can work very well for for athletes because you see a lot that just get burnt out way too early before they even reach seniors so yeah yeah well said yeah i like that uh des has 50 athletes in this sport. And I didn't know this. He's got 10-year-olds and 60-year-olds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me how a training session looks like. <laughs> it, it can get pretty chaotic. But <laughs> yeah, so our group is a mix of people that are serious and people that are there for just social or, you know, health, just general fitness. Um, a lot of them, you know, do have goals though that they want to do, whether it's, you know, all schools or whether it's, Canberra Marathon it's um Des will have his his different sessions for um he will change it up for your goals but I mean you can have one session and then just a variation he'll he'll set maybe five variations of the session <laughs> you know starting from me all the way down to I don't know we've got Riley McGowan that runs 800 meters um he was an Australian 800 meter finalist so the sessions are there um for everyone to do but he'll just make a variation for everyone so it's it's good it's um and I've got good training partners you know um I, I run with some some younger guys and yeah 
Yeah, that's great. And I guess it, it probably speaks to the um, the flexibility of, of, of a successful coach, particularly a distance coach, where you've got people running laps and, and they <laughs> have five groups in the same way. And you see, you, you actually are starting to see a little bit more around Australia that that recreational as well as the elite component working really well with each other. And it sounds like it works really well with with Des's group as well. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, there aren't too many problems that come up with that. And and also, if I need to, like, it's not. I've, I've become pretty, pretty good at doing sessions by myself if I need to. So, yeah. And uh, your, your partner, Aaron, I think we mentioned it before, Aaron Spiceberger Parker, um, also one of the leading distance runners in the country. Um, he trains with Dick Telford as part of Team Telford, also in Canberra. So you want to just talk us through, I guess, the, the dynamics between being together, but training in two different groups. And then also what does, uh, what does a long run look like? Do you run with each other? <laughs> so just say, stay for, away from me. I've done my 30K long run. What does it, what does it look like uh, both outside and at home? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good having a partner that runs because a lot of our easy runs are running together. So I can pretty much count on having company for most of the runs. Um, and obviously he's, he's not, he's happy to run my pace for easy runs. He's not a fast, easy jogger. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. We can yeah have a chat. Um, I think, I think having different coaches is probably a good thing. Um, Although sometimes he could probably, he'll probably agree with this, but I can compare myself a little bit to him. I'd be like, oh, you're doing more than me today. Maybe I should do more. I'm sure Des would love to hear that. <laughs> I think Des knows as well that I, I do that. But, but um, no, it, it's, it's good dynamics. He, um, and he's really, he's really supportive as well. You know, we'll generally when there's races interstate we'll try and do the same race if we can so we're traveling together so yeah it's good yeah fantastic and the conversation around the the canberra running groups as well like it, it, it's really weird how close act is to you know i'm biased here in new south wales but we know very little about each other even mm. though it's just down the road do, do you feel like that in canberra as well as new south wales this great big unknown or or have you got some really strong ties with some of the clubs and some of the squads in sydney um i think we do I, i'd like to see a little bit more i think it's hard because act obviously is so small so when it comes to act um events running as you know act events we don't really get that many I think you know a lot of people will agree sometimes the meets can be a little bit quiet <laughs> so I think I'd like a little bit more of a connection between you know we are so close to New South Wales um yeah so the more and obviously a lot of my guys go up and do a lot of the Bankstown meets um because it, it isn't far for us to travel but um I think that it's closing a bit now we obviously know each other a lot um but I would like to see a little bit more of um yeah, I don't know, connection. Um, yeah, just because I'd like to race an ACT a bit more, but sometimes it's hard when it's there aren't many people in the race. It's hard to <laughs> it's hard to run fast when it's when you're by yourself. So yeah, it's it almost just seems like we need to get in our cars and drive 300 k. Is, <laughs> is that, is that going to solve this problem? Is do we need to do we need to you know because you, you're right. There's a lot of Canberra athletes that do come up to New South Wales because that's where the competition is. But is, mm. is there a, a like a, a handshake agreement here where New South Wales does go down more often? Potentially, I mean, obviously, I 
no idea how it works and how hard it is to organize these things. But um, I, yeah, I think if we can get more people around and maybe it could be up to athletes as well, talking to other athletes that we know saying, Hey, like I want to run fast here. There's a camper meet on. If you come down, we can make it fast. <laughs> Sound, sounds like a, a future combined milers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, potentially. Awesome. Maybe, maybe we will be able to contend with big milers in the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leanne, I do want to get to, to Bathurst because it, mm. it's, it's an insanely cool opportunity, I think. It's the first World Athletic Series meet in Australia in 27 years. Uh, you weren't born. I was two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, <laughs> It's pretty extraordinary that we do have a world meet here and probably not the first of its kind in the lead into Brisbane 2032 as well. So do you see this as almost like kicking off a, a, you know, a world level, a decade of really fan-based focused athletes in this country? I think so. I mean, I, I've tried to explain to people like at work that, you know, world cross country being in Australia is a big deal. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't quite get across. I try and tell them it, it might not be here for a while, if ever. So <laughs> um, I think, you know, we make the trip over to other countries, you know, every, every two years. Um, and for it to be in Australia, where we've seen some of the athletes, you know, Ugandans, Ethiopians that have committed to coming. I mean, this is pretty big that they're going to be running in Australia too. And people can see it up close. Whereas, I don't know, unless you're going to make the trip overseas to see them race. Um, and if you can do that, then you can come to Bathurst. <laughs> it's, it, it's a great point. We, we've got, so I'm, I'm pretty sure, and, you know, if Instagram posts or anything to go by, and I, I know I've gotten trouble for this before, saying, oh, sorry, on Instagram, so therefore it's gospel. Uh, but Mackenzie <laughs> Gide won the Ethiopian yeah. National Trial. She says she's confirmed. She's the five and 10,000-meter world record holder. Mm-hmm. Joshua Cheptegei, I believe, mm-hmm. is confirmed, 5,000, 10,000-meter men's world record holder. And Jeffrey Cam Warwar from Kenya, um, arguably one of the greatest ever half marathons and has won the World Cross Country championships three times so you've got mm. three of well arguably the greatest ever um and i think they're trying very hard for Ingrid britson to to confirm as well yeah um, <laughs> you know the, the darling of european if not the world distance running at the moment as well so it, it we do like the, the world is coming and we're not talking about the world in terms of 68 countries but we're talking about the very very best in the mm. world coming to bathurst in literally a month's time mm. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I've seen those on Instagram too. So that's what I'm, I'm hoping they're, they're true. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. And, you know, I'm even, now I'm going to be racing against them. So it's a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, we just lost you there for a second. Yeah, was, you were talking about Aarhus there in, in 2019? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying that yeah. Helena Beery was, um, yeah, so four minutes ahead of me, I think. But <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. And, and you've, you've got a couple of Australian jerseys for the World Cross Country under your belt, 2015. Do you want to just talk us through as well, like as, a, as an 18-year-old, I think six months into the sport, you found yourself in a mm. World Cross Country <laughs> race. I don't know if that's ever happened before in that tiny amount of time. Of course, you're a very, very accomplished soccer player. Um, what was that like? It was... I was, I didn't really know anything about running. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so I did the trials here in Canberra. I came sixth in the trials there, I think. Um, 
made that team. Um, uh, it's all a bit of a blur, but I, I just didn't really know what I was doing. I just ran. <laughs> and then we got to China and I ended up coming through the first of the um, Australians. Um, yeah, still didn't really know what I was doing then. <laughs> like, I just, I, I think I started off very slow in that race and then just overtook people as I went and just, I just took it all in my stride, really. I didn't, yeah. Tower <laughs> run cross country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, um, you, you then went to America for a bit after that. Is that, is that right? So you could probably go mm. a little bit more cross country running under your belt in your sort of late teens, early 20s? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I went to um, junior college in Iowa. Um, I was only there for a year and a half. Um, it wasn't really the right place for me at that time. Um, yeah, headspace probably wasn't where it should have been. Um, I was freezing, so it's not the most <laughs> exciting place to be a runner. Uh, but I think for me that was good just to get, because I was still so new to running, just to get the experience of racing, um, you know, racing everything from them throwing me into a four by 400 um, to, yeah, running uh, junior college, do uh, half marathons as well. So that's where I ran my first half marathon. Wow. That's yeah. quite uh, <laughs> 400 to yeah. a half. <laughs> um, when you, if you don't mind me asking, you mentioned uh, you, your headspace wasn't, wasn't mm. there for college. Is that, was that from, um, I guess, again, coming fresh in the sport the, the mileage was it the um the the team mentality was it just the, the the pressure that you're getting put under to get points what what was it um in particular yeah um actually yeah this is one thing I actually haven't spoken about um so coming towards the end of my my switchover period from soccer to running um yeah I was going through depression and eating disorder so it was still sort of I was um I was getting a lot better um, by the time I was at college, but obviously it, it takes a while for um, you to start feeling, you know, a hundred percent. So that was still sort of sitting there and um, that's sort of where I was struggling a little bit still. So yeah, that was, that was where my, my headspace wasn't really. Um, yeah. There are a lot of things that just weren't working at the time and, um, at the time it just felt too much, but I think if I was to be there now, I'd be, yeah, hundred percent all okay. But yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and were there, I guess, were there people that you, um, sort of sought like, you know, assistance or you could bounce off in, in those times and, and how'd you, how'd you get back into sort of a, a better headspace from there and, and become the, you know, the, the incredible running that you are now? Um, I was pretty, um, I probably did it the wrong way. I, I, kept it to myself a lot <laughs> um but I think coming back and just training with Des um I I, I I came out of it um and I think actually running it's sort of the opposite of what tends to happen but running actually brought me out of the eating disorder and um depression because uh, so they, they picked up on it in, in soccer because um, at the level in soccer, we were doing a lot of uh, performance testing and that's when they started picking up on um, what was going on um, in terms of my, my power was decreasing, my weight was going down, that kind of thing. Um, and then when I started running, I actually realised, hey, you need energy <laughs> to be able to train. So, <laughs> so yeah, running was a blessing. <laughs> Thanks, thanks for sharing. That's that's um, that's a really good story. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, no, that's okay. 
Uh, Leanne, it's, it's been fabulous talking to you, I guess, in terms of the, the next sort of four weeks um, that there's one thing on your mind and, you know, world, world champs will, will come, but it's, mm. it's, it's a world championship race. You came 45th in Aarhus running up a building five times. <laughs> um, I don't know, have you had a look at the, the course in Bathurst yet? Um, I know a little bit and I've heard from others that have raced on it, but um, definitely we'll be looking into it more to, uh, yeah, get my training a little bit more in line with what's to come. <laughs> it's not strong, though. No. <laughs> and so it, I've heard. I, I guess, and, you know, whether whether people, um, you know, it's, oh, it's, it's not a criticism, obviously. Stromlo, I think, is, is hands down probably the, the best cross-country course in Australia. Again, biased now is also very good. Um, from <laughs> a standpoint. And, you know, Mulaney Golf Course up in Queensland um, held a really good nationals a few years ago. Mm. But in terms of um, Bathurst and the world title course, it's 10K of incredibly mm. tough terrain. What can you possibly do going from essentially golf fairway Stromlo, uh, which you know and love so well. You train mm. multiple times per week to going to, yeah, literally running up Mount Panorama. I think it's just going to be the next – I mean, obviously, we can get we can get fitter and we can get um, more prepared, uh, but it's still very close. <laughs> so there's not, you know, most of the fitness that we've got uh, will be taking us through. Um, I think it's just going to be, I mean, we might try and head up to, uh, so Rory Hunter also made the, um, Australian team. Uh, well, he came forth. So we assume he's on the team. I think the <laughs> spots are going to be announced. I've heard Monday next week. So I don't think it's okay, too far yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he'll be, he, he's Canberra based as well. So, um, as team Telford, Dick Telford's group and I were pretty close, um, uh, hopefully get up to Perisher for a little bit more um, altitude, just for a little bit of a boost. Um, I think the heat is probably the biggest thing for us as well. We haven't had, I don't think Australia has had, anywhere in Australia has had too many hot days, but I think uh, February will be pretty hot. <laughs> so it'll be just trying to get used to the heat um, as much as possible without causing too much stress on the body with training as well. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of hills, well, Han- Canberra's pretty hilly, so we're just going to keep smashing the hills. Yeah, fantastic. Hill, hills, hills for breakfast, hills for lunch, hills for dinner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> every, every run is the worst nightmare. Oh, maybe some the trail runs love the hills. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I, in terms of aspirations, 45th Nahus, um, mm. top 20, top. Any, yeah. Like, is, is there is there any sort of like obviously time irrelevant? But any any place calls that you want to you know say I came X in the world? Mm, yeah, I think um, I mean top twenty. It's a good number. It's hard, but I think it's achievable. Um, and we also know that there are points up for grabs as well. So if you place well at World Cross, then that can help boost rankings for um, ten thousand meters. So <laughs> if that's also another incentive to try and run fast then <laughs> i did i didn't actually know that so that's actually really exciting i imagine that yeah. countries athletes who are also after those points yeah 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 so so the goal is yeah top 20 fantastic and the uh yeah australia's chances i mean we, we talk about home world cross-country championships home ground advantage you know whatever mm, that means. yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> very very few of you have actually run it before um but you know in terms of yes you're here you don't have to have the, the jet lag and settling into a country that you're unaware of do you think those little one percenters 
mean that yeah we, we we might be able to sneak a team medal here in the open men's and women's we we yeah we are a genuine gold medal contender with mm. Stewie and ollie in the mix rally relay with um probably probably abby Caldwell and, and jessica hull as well like where you mm-hmm. think the chances overall overall are to actually say yes australia wins a medal at a world championship yeah i mean i think we are definitely in that relay we're definitely putting i mean in all um, all events are putting our, our best athletes forward. Um, and I, I don't think I've seen, I don't remember there being such an emphasis on the relay previously, but, but I think they can definitely, they can definitely win it. If they, if they run to what they're capable of, they can win it. Um, and in terms of, you know, the opens, we have proved that we can do pretty well, even, you know, even some of the years where you probably might consider that not the strongest team, like Arles, we placed fifth. Um, which is, I think, pretty good. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that we can we can better fit this time around. It's exciting. I love the optimism, Leanne. I, yeah, I <laughs> and the, re- the rest of the Australian. Hopefully, everyone else it. does. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Uh, how can we follow your journey leading up to Bathurst? I assume Instagram. Uh... Instagram, yeah. I think mm, I think my name's. Leanne Pomp <laughs> on Instagram. I'm sure um, we'll put in the in, in the show notes. I, I yeah. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Des posts a lot on Facebook and and everything. So yeah. Fantastic, and of course um, at Athletics Australia and also at Athletics New South Wales. Again, I'm mm-hmm. biased here, but it is our home <laughs> for cross country champs. Um, you're going to be hearing a lot from uh, both of us in the lead in. Uh, it's going to be all happening between February the 17th to Sunday the 19th of February in. Bathurst, New South Wales. There are also plenty of fun runs, uh, schools challenge, club relays. There's loads of fun run events. So it's uh, it's really a come and run and then watch the world's best sort of event. Uh, you don't want to miss out on it. Liam Pompiani, thank you so much for your time. It's been so good to chat to you and all the best for the next few weeks. We can't wait to see you in Bathurst. Thanks heaps. Thank you.